Wisdom shouts in the streets. She cries out in the public square. She calls to the crowds along the main street to those gathered in front of the city gate. How long, you simpletons, will you insist on being simple-minded? How long will you mockers relish your mocking? How long will you fools hate knowledge? Come and listen to my counsel. I'll share my heart with you and make you wise. I called you so often, but you wouldn't come. I reached out to you, but you paid no attention. You ignored my advice and rejected the correction I offered. When they cry for help, I will not answer. Though they anxiously search for me, they will not find me. For they hated knowledge and chose not to fear the Lord. They rejected my advice and paid no attention when I corrected them. Therefore, they must eat the bitter fruit of living their own way, choking on their own schemes. For simpletons turn away from me to death. Fools are destroyed by their own complacency. But all who listen to me will live in peace, untroubled by fear of harm. Let me ask you a very direct question today. Not a hard question in my opinion. Do you want to make wise choices? Do, do you want to make wise choices? I'm talking to everybody here. Do you want to make wise choices? Maybe, just perhaps, maybe there's some, I doubt it, but maybe there's somebody here that says, no, I prefer the foolish. I prefer the unwise choice, the dumb, even uh, stupid choices. Looking back uh, on our lives, sometimes it seems that maybe the latter is really the case when we look at some of the choices we've made, decisions we made, directions we chose to go. It's kind of like, you know, the, you know that series of direct TV commercials that's out right now? Uh, have you seen those, the direct TV commercials, where it, it starts out with the fact that you have cable TV, and cable TV is a problem, and it's inferior, and it, it's going to go out, and it's inferior to direct TV, and there's not enough good stuff on, and, and all that kind of thing. And it starts out with, that, with this, the fact that you don't have cable TV, and then it leads to a series of problems until you end up with the end, like, don't let your grandson wear a dog collar by direct TV. Remember, remember that one? Or another one ends up, don't attend your own funeral disguised as a guy named Phil Shifley. You know, by direct TV. Uh, there's another one. Um, uh, don't, don't sell your hair to a wig shop. You know, by direct TV. That's what happened to me. I didn't have, we had cable. No, I mean, when I ask you, do you want to make wise choices? I mean, of course, anybody, at least publicly, if, if I called you up here to answer verbally, you would say, no, I do want to make wise choices. I do. I want to make good decisions. Well, I'm glad to hear that. 
Because that's rewarded when you do that. Look at Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3 verses 13 through 18 say this. Joyful is the person who finds wisdom. The one who gains understanding. For wisdom is more profitable than silver and her wages are better than gold. Wisdom is more precious than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with her. She offers you long life in her right hand and riches and honor in her left. She will guide you down delightful paths. All her ways are satisfying. Wisdom is a tree of life to those who embrace her. Happy are those who hold her tightly. Is the screen caught up to me? If we've got verse 18 there, if we've got verse 18 there, I want you to, I want you to say that out loud with me. We got verse 18. Can we come to that? No. Maybe not. Okay. If you have in your Bible, look at it. It says this. Wisdom is a tree of life to those who embrace her. A tree of life. Let me ask you this. If you want to make wise decisions, if you say that's your intention, that's what you want to do, you would say today, I want to make a wise decision. Well, then I need to ask you this. Where do you get your wisdom from? The wisdom that, that, that you're gaining in order to, so you'll know what a wise choice is, where are you getting that wisdom from? Eh, lots of places, Pastor Jeffrey, lots of places. Um, okay, name some. Uh, uh, Fox News. Um... ESPN, Facebook, Facebook. I get much, much, much wisdom from Facebook. Uh, uh, lots of places. Um, Real Housewives of New Jersey. Um, the Kardashians. No, no, I get down-home wisdom. Swamp people. You see, yeah, Pastor Jeffrey, I want to make wise choices. I am, I'm, I am so glad you do. But again, I'm gonna, where, where do you get your wisdom from? Where does it come from? Now, you, some of you are ahead of me and you're going, he's going to say the Bible. <laughs> he's going to say the Bible. Yeah. What about God's Word? What about getting, if you want to make a wise choice, you need wisdom to inform what a wise choice is. What about maybe starting here? Say, well, uh, Pastor Jeffrey, um, time's a real issue for me. It's a real issue. I'm sure it is. It's an issue for everybody. Just maybe, maybe you could, car, you know, while you're watching the Kardashians during commercials, maybe. You could read some scripture. Ah, obviously, a little sarcasm thrown in here this morning. You say, well, I, I, I know that I should be reading scripture, but I have, I have a hard time understanding a lot of it. Well, there's a couple of things going on there. The, the more you read it, the more the Holy Spirit will make it alive and real to you. I can assure you of that. And the more understanding you'll gain, the more you seek to apply what 
little you may understand, it will bear fruit until you understand more and more. But I want to talk to us today as we begin a new section of Scripture, as we try to hit nine sections that we've divided the Bible up into for 2012. We're going to look at wisdom um, section of the Bible for a little while. It entails several books. The, maybe the central part of that wisdom literature is a book called the Proverbs. Most of them written by King Solomon, who is described at one time as the, maybe the wisest man in the world. And he tells us about gaining understanding. In his introduction to the book called Proverbs, if you've got your Bible, turn, turn with me to it, or if it's on your phone. Um, Proverbs chapter 1, the first seven verses. He gives us a very clear description of what the Proverbs are all about. Here it goes. These are the Proverbs of Solomon, David's son, king of Israel. Their purpose is to teach people wisdom and discipline. To help them understand the insights of the wise. Their purpose is to teach people to live disciplined and successful lives. To help them do what is right and just and fair. These proverbs will give insight to the simple. Knowledge and discernment to the young. Let the wise listen to these proverbs and become even wiser. Let them with understanding receive guidance by exploring the meaning in these proverbs and parables. The words of the wise and their riddles. And then here's this, this foundational verse that you may have heard before. Fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and discipline. Let me just do a, a little bit of background for you, a little, a little bit of, of teaching about just what we're talking about here in terms of a proverb. It's kind of, let, let's make a contrast between a proverb and a precept. A precept is, is, a, is like an, an authoritative instruction. It's like a, a, a commandment or a direct rule that says, you must do this. Um, and it's to be obeyed. Examples of precepts would be the Ten Commandments that were given in Exodus chapter 20 in, in the Scripture that God gave to His people as rules for relationship with Him and with others. The Ten Commandments you must follow. Direct statements. Um, the two great commandments that Jesus gave would be an example of a precept. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. In a little bit of a, a contrast, a proverb, instead of being an imperative thing like that, a proverb is an indicative thing. I'm using little English grammar words on you. Sorry about that. A proverb, instead of being a direct rule, is more like a general rule. It's not something so much to be obeyed as information to be recognized and respond to it. Uh, meaning the Proverbs and the statements that, that are made in these two-line Proverbs that we have mostly in the book of Proverbs is, is basically this. It's saying this from a very wise, wise man inspired by God. He's saying, this is generally how things go. When you look at life and you observe life and look at what people do and the choices they make and decisions they make, if you do this, this is generally what will happen. 
It's generally what you can expect, kind of how the world runs. This behavior generally produces this consequence, good or bad. It's not a promise. It's not a, it's not a specific promise, but it's this. Here's what you can generally expect. So make the wise choice. I want to go back to that, to that visual that, that we had in chapter 3, verse 18, where it says, wisdom is a tree of life. And I, I want you to, to kind of try to get a hold of that with me this morning, that to have the wisdom that God gives produces life. It bears good fruit. It provides strength and produces life. And the foolish things we've already read once today, lead to death. So a tree of life, that's what we want. That's what we're seeking. So let's talk about wisdom a little bit, about some major themes uh, found in, in some of the singular Proverbs. And let me just say this about Proverbs. If, if you want to make excuses about saying, I don't have time to read the Bible, it, it, it's at least not enough time to, you know, read a long passage and figure out what it all means in context and all of that. Well, these Proverbs right here, every, they, they're not really, the one, one doesn't necessarily relate to the next. You can just read it straight up. Here's two lines of truth. Take it and do something with it. You don't have to you don't have to spend 20 minutes reading it. It's just, here's two lines. Take it and read it. Digest it. See what truth there is. So let's talk about some uh, a three, a three or four major things that, that come out of um, these wisdom sayings and Proverbs for us this morning to help us make wise choices. The first thing I want you to recognize is this. Wisdom comes with humility. How do I get wisdom? What's the first step? To having wisdom. Is it knowledge? No. It's humility. Wisdom comes with humility. Look at Proverbs 11.2. If you will with me. Proverbs 11.2. It says this. Pride leads to disgrace. But with humility comes wisdom. Read that with me. Pride leads to disgrace. But humility comes wisdom. You do not get wisdom from being stubborn. I'm sure that nobody here struggles with that. You do not get wisdom from being self-righteous. You do not get wisdom from being overconfident in your own abilities, your own intelligence, your own knowledge. Proverbs 18, verse 2. 18, verse 2 speaks to this as well. It says this, Fools have no interest in understanding. They only want to air their own opinions. You see the connection to pride there? And down in 18, verse 12, it says this, Haughtiness, another strong word for pride, Haughtiness goes before destruction, and humility precedes honor. You want honor and blessing in your life? 
You want people to honor you? You want, you want blessings in your life? Good things? In addition to wisdom? Then humble yourself. Humble yourself before God. That's what leads to wisdom. Wisdom is, is, uh, comes with uh, humility, but it's demonstrated or exhibited or, or seen in generosity. If you, if you want to observe and say, how do I know if somebody's wise? One of the ways you'll know if somebody's wise is if they're generous. Maybe our minds immediately leap to money, but that's going to come later. But the first thing to think about is the generosity in spirit. A generosity in spirit. Proverbs 11.25. Look at 11.25 with me. It says this, The generous will prosper, and those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. You refresh others. If you are a person with, who is generous in spirit, in attitude, in graciousness towards other people, a person that, that, that others like to see headed in their direction. In addition to wanting to be wise and make wise decisions, do you, do you want to be the person that when you're coming down the hall, other people are going, oh, good. Here's somebody who's generous in spirit is going to, I mean, they don't say these words exactly, but they're going to refresh my life. Or do you want to be the person that people see you coming down the hall and go, oh, is there a place to dart right here? Somebody who's, who people celebrate your presence, not your absence. Then you need a generosity of spirit. Demonstrates in graciousness, kindness. Have you ever, uh, I don't know if any of you have ever had the experience that I've had. Um, uh, one night, Julie and I were sitting with some friends at a banquet. And uh, banquets are interesting phenomenons, aren't they? Uh, there's, always, there's always potential at a banquet for tremendous boredom. And very mediocre food. That's, that's always, it doesn't always happen, but there's high potential for that. There's also potential at a banquet for something other than what's on the program to happen that raises the entertainment value to, to new levels. And we were sitting at, at some kind of alumni banquet at university there in Nashville with, our, with some college friends. And... Um, one of the features of that evening was a surprise uh, march in by a group of bagpipe players. And uh, they marched in playing a song, which was kind of neat. But, you know, once you've heard a few minutes of bagpipes, you know, that, um, well, I'm just speaking for me. I mean, maybe, maybe you have a CD. I don't know. I just, I, I just... After like one or two songs, you go, that was moving, and then, you know, move on. Well, what happened was they marched in, and we thought that would be it, but the, bag, the bagpipes took their, uh, each, each player took an individual place at different tables, about every other table, and one stood by ours. And, and you know, I wasn't aware about really what's all involved in playing bagpipes. I knew the principle that you fill the bag with air, 
and then you, I think they, they press the air out back through and then you know, play the, the notes, comes back out through the pipe, and, and that's where you get your sound. But I wasn't aware that, of what happens right before they begin playing. And I'm, I'm going to try to be dignified couth this morning, but there's this sound that's always that they make right before they play, and it's just something kind of like, I mean, that's, that's what happens. And, and, and then, and some people are not able to remain mature when that happens. And then they're... And then while they play, if you're close up to them, you know, the melody's a real high-pitched thing. Da, 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 up, up, in, up in that range. But there's just this continual hum that's going on underneath the whole time. So much so that I've heard that, that when there's bagpipe contests... Anybody ever been to a bagpipe contest? <laughs> a bagpipe playing contest that the judges, not, not in an offensive way, but just an expectation... While the bagpipes play, the judges, who are pretty close to the players, sit like this. And they do that in order to tone out that low, droning hum so they can hear the melody over the top. And why do I tell that, that, that crazy illustration? I'm asking you... Is there a spirit of generosity in you that comes out even in how you speak and just your general tone so that, so that when, when your presence is around people, when you're talking, when you're there constantly, there's almost a sense in which people just, they're listening to you, but they just want to, because there's this, this current, this undercurrent that is not, generous in spirit that comes out in generous in speech which is a very big recurring theme in the proverbs many of the proverbs are dedicated to the generosity that we should have in the way we speak to one another a generosity of speech in proverbs uh, 10 and 11 10 11 it says this the words of the godly are a life-giving fountain the words of the wicked conceal violent intentions a life-giving fountain you see that connection the tree of life the words of the godly a life-giving fountain proverbs chapter 12 verse 18 12 18 says this some people make cutting remarks but the words of the wise bring healing rabbi joseph telushkin is um, is an author and speaker he wrote a book called uh, Words That Hurt, Words That Heal. He goes around the, the country speaking to people on, on this subject. And one of the things he's known to do is to ask audiences if, uh, you know, just walk around and directly ask people in the audience, can you go 24 hours? Now you think about this. Can you go 24 hours without saying unkind words to or about someone else. And he says when he does that, invariably there's, there's a small number of people who raise their hands and say, yes, I can do that. I'm not going to, don't be afraid. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands if you could do that or not. 
go 24 hours without saying something unkind to or about someone else. And he said others in the room will laugh, and a pretty good number of people will honestly speak out and say, no, I'm not going to be able to make it. And he responds, Rabbi Telushkin responds and says, if you can't answer yes to that, you should recognize that you have a problem. You know, if you can't go 24 hours without drinking liquor, you're addicted to alcohol. If you can't go 24 hours without a cigarette, you're addicted to nicotine. And if you can't go 24 hours without saying unkind words to or about other people, There's an issue there, isn't there? Your mouth's out of control. It's not producing life. You need to seek God and remember this. Proverbs 15, verse 1. One of many verses that speaks to this generosity of speech. A gentle answer deflects anger. But harsh words make tempers flare. A generosity in spirit and speech, the way we talk. And of course, with money. Yeah, of course, a generosity with money. Proverbs eleven twenty four says this. Give freely and become more wealthy. Be stingy and lose everything. The general principle here is this. You want more? Invest. Invest in others. And you know what I think? What I think when we think about having more money, what most of us, I believe, really want when we want more money is we want, we want more of the good things that we perceive come with having more money. We want more of the blessings, if you will, that come, we believe, with having more financial wealth. The benefits of having more, the uh, of, uh, of not lacking. What we really want are the greatest blessings that come. And where do they come from? They come when we're generous with what we already have. I know a lot of people have, over the years have said to me, Pastor, if I had more, I'd give more. If I, had, if, if, I had, if I had more, I'd be able to be generous. Really? Are you, are you sure? Because generally what happens is, if you're generous with what you have now, then it's much more likely you'll be generous with whatever it is you have in the future. If you start giving with what you have now and see what God does, I believe what he'll do with that generosity you begin with will sow more for the future. And we've all got a little more than we think we have. You know, they, they did some statistics the last couple of years in, uh, in the U.S. Uh, in the last couple of years in the U.S., uh, 
on an annual basis, we spent about $604 billion on going out to eat as a nation. $604 billion. We spent almost $49 million annually on our pets, on the little animals in, in, in our houses and backyards. Uh, we spent over $20 billion annually on video games, $19 billion on, on uh, renting movies, uh, you know, online or renting DVDs or on demand, that kind of stuff. I could go on and on with those kind of statistics, not condemning any of those in general. I'm just saying, generous with what you have or generous with what you want to have? A wise person is generous in spirit, in speech, and with their money. The final thing here this morning, wisdom produces stability. Stability. Stability in life. Proverbs 12.3 says, Wickedness never brings stability, but the godly have deep roots. I have moments uh, in my life, and, and especially in ministry, where people come to you and, I mean, their lives are just, it's just a mess. I mean, I mean, just, it's chaotic. It's crazy. And, and they're just like, what is going on? I say, well, you know, tell me where you are, what, you, what you're thinking, what you're doing. And you, if you begin to look back and look at choices that people make, and you say, the reason you're here it's not because God dropped a comet out of the sky and knocked you into this place. You made this choice and this choice and this choice and this choice and here's what it's produced. You've got craziness, chaos in your life, instability in your life and your families. It's probably not. Now, it, it, sure, other people's choices affect us. But most likely, you can look back and say, I made this decision, and this decision, and this decision. And you told me earlier today that you want to make wise choices. Do you really want to make wise choices? Wise choices bring stability. He said, I don't want all this craziness and chaos and pain in my life. One of the ways that you can deal with a whole lot of that is to make wise choices, the wisdom from God, and have deep roots that bring stability so that when craziness does come from outside sources, not by your own choosing, when the storms of life come that certainly come in a fallen world, you're able to stand up and continue to bear fruit. Stability in life, stability in relationships. I'm going to move quickly here. Somebody's alarm's going off. Uh, um, <laughs> Proverbs 11, 29. 11, 29. Those who bring trouble on their families inherit the wind. You see, 
But the fool will be a servant to the wise, it says. Most of us, when we're making the unwise choice, we think this is a good decision because it's going to produce this. It's going to give me this feeling. I'm going to, I'm going to have this. This is what I want. And, and anyway, the world says this, and, and, and it says the persons who bring the unwise decisions and end to their families, you, and you, what do you inherit from that? What is the end game? The wind? Can you possess, hold on to the wind? No. Proverbs 11.30 The seeds of good deeds become a tree of life. And a wise person wins friends. There's a, a tree in Oklahoma City where I, I grew up and where I lived for a few years again as an adult before moving here. There's a tree in Oklahoma City. It's an 80-year-old um, American elm tree. Now there are bigger and greener trees even in Oklahoma, a state not, not blessed with as many trees as a lot of other states. There are bigger and greener trees but but there's not any that are as equally cherished as this tree. And it's not because of its appearance. It's because of its endurance. It's the tree that endured the Oklahoma City bombing in April 1995. Where the bomb set off by Timothy McVeigh killed 168 people and wounded 850 others. That tree, after the bombing, was buried in rubble. Nobody noticed her right away. Just trying to clean up all the, the mess and the rubble. But somehow, even covered with so much stuff, it began to bud when the season came. And the sprout started pressing through the damaged bark. And green leaves started coming out and taking over from the gray soot from the, from the explosion. There was life growing in an atmosphere of death. They call that tree, a lot of you know this, they call it the survivor tree. You want to have and produce life in the middle of all the chaos of this world then make the wise choice. I beg you. I plead with you. Just like in chapter 3 there, or chapter 1, wisdom calls out in the streets, please listen to me. Make the wise choice. Where do I find the wise choice? Not on those shows, not on Facebook, not from here. Make the wise choice. I beg you. Please. It doesn't mean you won't ever have a problem, but I can tell you this. Generally speaking, things will go well for you. And you will have a tree of life with roots that can go down deep enough to endure an explosion. That can still bear fruit when everything else around it is in decay. Uh, 
Make the wise choice, the godly choice. Father, I thank you today for your, uh, your incredible goodness and mercy to us. I thank you for the simple, straightforward teaching and wisdom of the Proverbs. Most of them you gave to us through a man who didn't always follow his own writing. And Lord, I know that I've not always made the wise choice. And I've seen many times the, the fruit of that. But Lord, I thank you that when I've chosen to follow your word, your direction, and your Holy Spirit's voice, that I can say generally, all I've seen is blessing and goodness and help and strength and peace. And Lord, I pray today for us as individuals, for us as families, for us as a body of believers, that we will seek godly wisdom and make the wise choice. Turn a deaf ear to the foolishness of the world and recognize where true lasting blessings come from. They come from you and following you. I pray this will be real for us today. Join with me in Jesus' name and say, Amen. Proverbs 11.27 11.27 says, If you search for good, you'll find favor. But if you search for evil, it will find you. There's a whole lot in Proverbs. Why don't you stand with me? Just let me say this while you're standing. I'm about to wrap it up. There's a whole lot in, in the wisdom of God in the Proverbs that talk to us about direction. It's a lot about direction. It's a lot about where you're headed and, and taking steps and following a path and all of that. And the admonition is always this. Go in God's direction. And a lot of times that means for us we've got to turn. The word repent, remember this, means a 180. I was going this way. Changed my mind, I'm going this way. I was going away from God, now I'm going in God's direction. There's a whole lot about being wise, of just about going in God's direction. And we need to be people that do that and point people that way. And uh, in order for to keep doing that as a people, um, we're about done here. We do need to give. So uh, before we do one last song and think about turning towards God, do whatever you need to do to get ready to give and the offering today, and let's uh, continue to bless the Lord together.